On this episode, I talk to the education sector and how blockchain will start to create impact there. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of Arv's Notes. So today's episode, we're going to dive into education um, and specifically blockchain in education. You know, we've already discussed or I've already talked through what this looks like in the healthcare space and specifically around uh, health records. But health records in itself is a very huge topic, right? It's it's the collection of very sensitive, very private uh, medical data. It's something that will fundamentally change the way that we deliver care and services and often in life-threatening situations. So as a topic, and especially as a technology being applied into the space, this is very, very large, it's very huge, it's very beefy, chunky, it's gonna take a lot of time to get there. But blockchain doesn't necessarily have to be applied to these much larger projects as an emerging technology into our world. Uh, and And in actual fact, there are many smaller examples of where this can create real impact. Um, And I think education is one of those because it's split across multiple problems that it can potentially create value with or solve for. And so today's episode is really diving into one, reaffirming and re-understanding what the key elements of blockchain are solving for, and that is trust and value and how this applies to various situations within education. So education, just to set the scene, to, to lay the foundation for this conversation, you know, education has been under incredible disruption over the last couple of years. And it's all because of the way that education is being delivered today, being via more digital uh, channels. We're starting to see the introduction of iPads and other digital means into K to 12, so kindergarten to year 12. Um, we're starting to see the emergence and not really emergence now, the maturity of online learning or these blended learning models within our traditional higher education institutions like universities and TAFEs. Um, And these blended models almost accounting to having a split of 60-40 in some cases where 40% of the content can be consumed and um, effectively learned online with only 60% then on campus. And this trend is only accelerating. You start, we're starting to see the emergence of MOOCs. Uh, so for those who don't know what this is, a MOOC is a massively open online course. Um, and these are very, very short um, courses that can be taken uh, online. Some more popular platforms that host these are uh, EDX, uh, Udemy, um, and you can almost call lynda.com, which is obviously a LinkedIn company, Uh, being one of these MOOC providers. Um, And they're all about small, short courses that allow you to acquire a skill or particular knowledge in a much shorter period of time. Uh, And MOOCs are purely online. And so as we start to see all these, these emergence of so many different educational providers in a raft of different means, not just, not just degrees, not just certificates, but now what you can almost call micro-credentials or short courses purely delivered online, giving people access to education anywhere, anytime, as long as you have that internet connection, um, is creating a, a huge amount of competition. But at the same time, 
when you start to get this proliferation of courses uh, into the market, it's then about how do you, one, understand that you're getting the right skills or expertise uh, from these courses as a user of it. And second, if I'm a user that's made the choice to pursue a MOOC, a short course, uh, something that's not necessarily as traditional as a degree or a certificate or a diploma, how do I get these uh, courses recognized by potential future employers as I go for roles to justify and show that I actually have these skills? And this um, comes down to two things. How do I record or store that value, i.e. how do I record and store that ability that I've completed these short courses? How do I record and store um, that I complete, completed them? But not only that, I graded highly on these. And second, how do I share these achievements with my potential future employers? And then the third one there really is, how do I build trust uh, between my employer and these credentials to make sure that they know as an employer that this credential is um, a real... Uh, course that was offered, that it is reputable, and that it has delivered the skill because I've completed it. So we're already starting to see these trends of trust and value. And so where blockchain in its first example can start to create real impact and real value uh, in education is the recording uh, and validation of all these micro-credentials. So no longer do we need to necessarily uh, have large degrees. You can do a number of um, smaller, short courses, be accredited across these, and have these records stored uh, on a blockchain of sorts. Now, what that blockchain is, I'm not actually too sure. Um, there are a couple of companies out there that are looking into this at the moment, and I'll put them in the description uh, below. Uh, but this would solve for that problem. One, you wouldn't be relying as an employer on the word of a prospective employee that they've completed this course. You'd be able to access and see that, yes, they've, um, one, undertaken and two, passed um, and obviously see their transcript and their grades. And so it's, it's one, solving for that trust issue. And two, um, because you'll have ready access to it because it's on a blockchain, it's not locked into a single institution where you have to request that transcript. Um, you get it incredibly quickly. So you can start to validate people's capabilities far faster in that recruitment and onboarding process. And obviously, this can then also be applied to traditional institutions. You start to look at universities and degrees or certificates or diplomas at TAFEs, uh, whichever institution or qualification you're looking at. Um, I'll talk from personal experience. So I completed university back in 2010 and in 2011, 2012 was entering the workforce. And one thing that was always requested was, can we have a copy of your transcript? Or can I get a scanned copy of your certificate? Now, a lot of times, and I've heard multiple stories of where people have been able to forge these certificates and go fly under the radar having not completed this, but forged their certificates and transcripts for years before it's, uh, before it's been uncovered. And this is purely because it's very hard to gain access to these credentials without a full background style check on that individual. And a lot of people don't have the time nor money to do it. And so by pushing all these credentials and these certificates onto a blockchain, 
to be able to share these with prospective employers and employees, to have the trust built that universities and institutions are endorsing that any piece of information on that blockchain is validated and is representative of uh, certificates and qualifications they've issued, you've solved that problem. And so the ability to provide that information then as a individual going out into the job space, having completed a number of qualifications and then being able to grant access to multiple employers to this blockchain and your personal credentials on that blockchain uh, is incredibly powerful. It'll stamp out fraud. It'll build greater trust in between employers and employees um, much quicker and will remove this uh, the risk associated with the forging of or misrepresentation of qualifications uh, that often happens. So that's obviously qualifications. But in a big way, I think that there is probably the biggest example of where blockchain can be done in today's uh, education landscape, uh, something that can be adopted quite widely, quite quickly, and create greater impact. Now, there are a number of other uh, examples you can start to talk to. So um, when I was doing a bit of research on this one over the last couple of days, um, one thing that did come up was the ability to, one, pay the people that are providing courses, and two, how do you, as because as most of us, who have gone through the education system. I know particularly in Europe where a lot of this comes for free, uh, in Australia where it's heavily government subsidized, where a student has gained access to a level of funding to acquire skills and knowledge in higher education. As we start to shift towards micro-credentials, as we start to shift um, towards purely online learning, how do you adapt this system of funding from the government to be able to enable students to then take these courses and then obviously pay for it via this funding. And so one of the innovations that is coming out of this blockchain space at the moment is the ability for a student to attend a class, both virtual or not, to be able to create a contract or a sign-in with that lecturer and that lecturer then being able to sign off and tick off that that student was actually there and being able to pay that lecturer for each and every class that is undertaken by that student on a class-by-class basis. So there are a few other examples within education where this will start to play, where value and trust um, will play a big role. But it's something that will be across multiple industries, not just education. And that goes to the foundations of operating a campus, the foundations of operating a city. Because at the end of the day, a university campus Um, a TAFE campus, are effectively mini-cities. They are a collection of buildings, they're a collection of uh, underlying infrastructure, both uh, communications, power, etc., each of which has, has the potential to be impacted by blockchain. When you start to see what's happening in energy, when you've got renew a lot of universities, a lot of TAFEs now, pushing a green agenda, one that looks to improve or increase the number of renewable sources that it is leveraging in order to power their campuses. 
You're now looking at power generation, um, which you would traditionally have a third-party provider like an energy company being able to monitor the output, to be able to feed that back into the grid if you're not using a lot of that power, um, to then obviously on-sell. Every single time you have a middleman, you're starting to lose value to someone that actually doesn't add a lot of value to it. And so blockchain startups like PowerLedger being able to um, buy and sell power peer-to-peer plays an incredible role uh, within energy, not just for a campus, but obviously a city. Then you start thinking about contracts more broadly being able to store smart contracts, contracts between lecturers and the courses they teach, between uh, researchers and the funding that they receive, blockchain can have an impact there. And so really this episode was really just to focus on the credentials piece. It was to show that even though not a huge example, when you compare it to what we discussed when we looked at health records, Uh, it definitely creates impact and something that I think will probably come to pass. We will start to see uh, credentials. We will start to see these micro qualifications being stored on blockchain to be able to create greater trust between providers of the uh, qualification, the students who have undertaken those qualifications and people who are relying on these institutions to create these skill sets for their employees. You know, And the reason why I do think that it will go to that point is because it solves for the trust factor. And a lot of these MOOCs who are coming in, a lot of these short course providers, a lot of these online learning providers who are coming in um, are suffering from this trust piece. And in order to be far more successful in the way that they deliver courses, how they commercialize and create more more money for the courses they are delivering today, they need to solve that trust issue. And so I think that just through the sheer act of competition and uh, being able to improve revenue across these uh, new courses, that this will be a natural consequence, solving that trust. And I truly believe that will probably happen on blockchain. So that's it for this episode. Not a huge amount um, in on this one, but what I hope Um, provides a good contrast between large projects and something that may not be as critical as a health record, obviously with transcripts and qualifications. And in the next few episodes, you know, one thing I haven't touched on in this education space is the physical infrastructure. And this is where I really want to draw some parallels between university campuses, TAFE campuses, and cities. Because... um, what most people will agree with is universities and TAFEs, their campuses are effectively mini cities. So a lot of the innovations that we're going to start seeing uh, in these spaces will be the test beds for what goes out into broader cities. And then there are some exciting things happening today uh, in the, uh, on campuses um, that we really need to start diving into. Some revolve around blockchain, but this will also open up the pathway to us exploring other technologies uh, and getting to their fundamentals so that you moving forward can start understanding technology far easier. So thank you so much for stopping by and I can't wait to see you next time.